in our last Vesper service, we were studying about this matter of knowing the will of God, how to be certain of what God wants us to do in the daily decisions of life. And we found some wonderful promises. Now I want to study it a bit further with you because I didn't get through last Friday night. I have some more things for you on it tonight. Let's go to 1 John, the first chapter, and the seventh verse. 1 John 1, verse 7. What's the first word? What's the first word? Oh, and what's the second word? God is. Sometimes we almost get the idea that there are no buts or ifs in the Bible, but there are a number, and they belong there. And let's notice the but if tonight. All together read with me. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Doesn't the blood of Jesus cleanse everybody, whether they walk in the light or not? Apparently not. Apparently not. Jesus would like to cleanse everybody. But Jesus will never grab us and tie us down while he takes something away from us that we'd be better off without. He waits until we choose. Is that right? He reveals his love to us that we may repent and turn away from our sins. And now notice that first line. If we do what? If we walk in the light. What is light for then? It's to walk in. The purpose of making duty plain to us is that we may do the duty. Is that clear? And if we walk in the light, we have what? Fellowship. The fellowship of the saints on earth with the saints in heaven and with one another is dependent on doing what? Walking in the light. I wonder what it means to walk in the light. Well, to walk means to take a step, doesn't it? When I take a step, I'm in a different place than I was before I took this step. Only one step away but I'm one step. And if I keep taking steps, keep walking in the same direction, by and by I'm quite a ways from where I started. Is that right? Does God want us to keep moving? Sure. Salvation is not an instantaneous, once-for-all experience. We accept Jesus, and he accepts us. That's settled but he has a whole program of development for us. And it's embraced in this expression, walking in the light, keeping on doing what he makes plain to us. Now let's go to John, the 12th chapter, and we'll see another verse on this. Gospel of John, the 12th chapter, and the 35th verse. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. 
While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. Tell me, according to this verse, is it possible for a person to have light at one point and then not to have that light anymore? What does he need to do to lose the light? Just not walk in it, that's all. The light is moving. And if I want to stay in the light, what do I need to do? Keep moving with the light, not ahead of the light. Not to one side or the other, but not dragging my feet, or worse than that, not even moving them. No, the light will move on. This is an interesting fact, friends, that we need to reckon with. It's a dangerous thing to refuse to walk in light that God sheds upon our pathway. That's a dangerous thing. Jesus said, if the light that is in thee is darkness, how great is that darkness. Now let's make this very practical tonight. I cannot read your heart. I do not know the workings of your mind. Nobody else does, just you and Jesus. But let us examine ourselves here tonight, each one for himself, with the Holy Spirit's aid. Is there any ray of light that God has shed upon my pathway that I'm not walking? Is there any point of truth that God has made plain to my understanding that I haven't accepted in action as well as in my mind? If there is, then there is a duty that's clear before me. But somebody says, but Brother Frizee, there are so many things I don't understand. Yeah. What to do? Well, I suppose then the thing to do is just wait until I understand. But my dear friend, while you're camping, waiting, to understand some things that are not clear at all, tell me, is there anything that is clear? Come now, is there anything that's clear to you? Oh, yes, you say some things are clear. Then what is the Savior's word to you? Walk. Walk where? In the light, not in the darkness, not in the shadows. Jesus says here, He that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Then if there's something I don't know, God not only is not calling me to walk there, he tells me not to walk there. But somebody else thinks I ought to. Well, somebody else will have to answer for that. Don't let what other people think you ought to do or ought not to do be your guide. Jesus has given you one guide, and that's himself. He's the light. And he is revealing himself to you a bit at a time. And as fast as he makes plain duty, what? What shall we do? Walk in the light. Do it. Isn't that simple, friend? Oh, somebody says, but if I knew. Well, remember, I bring you right back to it. Is there anything you know? Is there anything God has made clear to your mind that's duty? If it is, do that. Now, notice how this is put in this precious little book, Steps to Christ. Page 111. Give heed to the light that already shines upon you, 
and you will receive greater light. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Give heed to the light that already shines upon you, and you will receive greater light. By the grace of Christ, perform every duty that has been made plain to your understanding, and you will be enabled to understand and perform those of which you are now in doubt. Why, dear friend, did you know that everybody has some things that he's uncertain about? You're not the only one. Everybody has some things that he's uncertain about. But thank God, everybody has enough light to take a step. God's word is a lamp unto our feet, not a mile down the road necessarily. A foot lamp gives light to take what? The next step. The next step. And so, let me read this once more. This is so beautiful. Give heed to the light that already shines upon you, and you will receive greater light. By the grace of Christ, perform every duty that has been made plain to your understanding, and you will be enabled to understand and perform those of which you are now in doubt. There is a promise. We can hold God to it. What do you say? Did you know that one of the reasons that God doesn't make too many things plain to us at once is this. He wants us to focus on certain things, and so he purposely at times lets some things be in the shadows in order that we may concentrate on what is clear and plain. So don't worry about what isn't clear to you. Take hold of what is clear. Don't worry about what you don't know the answer to. Thank God, friends, for the things you do know the answer to. Oh, but somebody says, Brother Fajee, you don't understand. There's some things I've got to know in order to make a decision. Do you? Well, if you really have to have light on a certain point to make a decision, and it's a decision you have to make, God's promise is clear. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Jeremiah 33, 3. But what we're noting tonight is that God doesn't give us that light all at once. He gives us the light as we need it to take the steps he wants us to take. And decisions that we think have to be made today, maybe they don't need to be made today. Maybe they're going to be made later. Maybe there is something that God wants us to do today that if we knew the answer to the question we're seeking light on, we'd run after that and we'd miss the duty he has for us today. I got a great deal of help on this from a precious message that the Lord's Messenger wrote in the Review and Herald of December 29, 1910. December 29, 1910. Notice how practical this is. Into the daily life there come many perplexing problems that we cannot solve. There are those who wish to adjust every difficulty and to settle every question before they begin to work. Such will surely fail. In the end, the future will be just as indistinct and the problems just as perplexing as when they began to speculate about them. 
It is in following light given that we receive greater light. Those who go forward in faith will find the solution of the problems that perplex them. Light will shine on the pathway of the workers who go forward without questioning. God will go before them, giving them skill and understanding to do that which needs to be done. Questions will arise that cannot be settled by any amount of thinking. Do not spend time trying to settle them. Take up the work waiting to be done, trusting in God. His righteousness will go before you, and the questions that have troubled you will answer themselves. You know, I was thinking about it. Those women that were on on their way to the tomb early that morning after the Sabbath of the followed the crucifixion. You remember the question that one of them asked the others and they talked it over? Who shall roll away the stone for us? Who shall roll away the stone? Well, obviously, if they were going to do anything with those spices, those anointing spices that they brought, some way that stone would have to get rolled away, wouldn't it? It was a fair question. But when they got there, the stone was already rolled away. And they didn't need the spices either. They were doing all they could to move in the direction they thought they were supposed to go. And they were supposed to. They didn't have all the light, did they? They had enough light to do what they needed to do. And when they got to the place where the problem was, the problem was already solved. Oh, it happens so often in life. Let me read this again. Questions will arise that cannot be settled by any amount of thinking. Do not spend time trying to settle them. Take up the work waiting to be done, and the questions that have troubled you will answer themselves. Praise the Lord, friends. Praise the Lord. Dear old Elder W.C. White, Sister White's son, was telling us one day in his interesting way, he said, Do you suppose that Aaron, when they were crossing the Red Sea, said to Moses, Moses, don't you think we'd better stop this procession and have a committee meeting to decide what to do when we get on the other side? There's a time to move forward, isn't there? When we have light enough for the duty that needs to be done, then we can go right ahead in faith. On this same page it says, God has reasons for sending us to the place to which our feet are directed. Whether it be pleasing or unpleasing, we are to do the duty that lies directly in our pathway. Now here's an interesting principle in guidance. God brings us in contact with duties, sometimes foreseen, often unforeseen. Jesus told that experience of the Good Samaritan to illustrate this. There was that man wounded, left by the roadside, unable to do anything to help himself. Here came a priest. He saw him over there. What did he do? He didn't do anything about that. After him came what? A Levite. What did he do? Well, he came over and looked at him. 
but he decided that he too had business elsewhere. And did they have business elsewhere? Oh yes, yes they did. They missed a precious opportunity. And then came this other man, the Samaritan. He not only stopped and looked, but what did he do? He recognized the light of duty shining upon the pathway. He recognized in the providence of God the call of heaven to help a fellow man. And he took hold and helped him and saw him through. This is an example of the fact that God has reasons for directing us to the place where our feet have been directed. He has reasons for sending us to that place. And whether it be pleasing or unpleasing, we are to do the duty that lies directly in our pathway. You remember that there was a man by the name of Jonah in the land of Israel, and the Lord sent him to a certain place called Ward, Nineveh. Did Jonah want to go? Did Jonah have reasons for thinking it would be better not to go? Yes, in his own mind, he was thoroughly satisfied that that was the place he did not want to go. But who had told him to go? God. And instead of going east to Nineveh, he took a ship for Tarshish, which is as far west about as you could get in that time, way on out to the other end of the Mediterranean. But you remember what happened. Where did he land? In the whale. He took a long detour, but did he finally get to Nineveh? Thank God. Finally did. Had some more problems in adjusting to the continued providence of God. Why did God put all that in the Bible? To help you and me to understand that whether pleasing or unpleasing, we're to do the duty that God makes plain. Now, how can a person be happy doing that? Why, you remember that verse that we had last week? The goal of the true soldier is that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. 2 Timothy 2.4 When we get our adjustment correct, when we understand that our business in life is not to please ourselves, but to please Jesus, the one who has chosen us, then we find our joy in accomplishing his mission. We find our satisfaction in doing what he makes plain. And whether it's pleasing to our natural disposition or not is beside the point. In fact, dear friends, it's a good thing for us all to have at least a few things in life that we do because we know they're right, not because we feel like it. It's a wonderful thing. But in heaven, we'll never have that privilege. Did you know that? Never have that privilege. In heaven, we'll always feel like doing exactly what we're supposed to do. Oh, somebody says, I wish I could be in heaven now. No, you're not ready yet. Not ready, it's spoiled you. And no danger of your getting there until you get settled this point that you're going to do the, what God makes plain to you, whether it's pleasing or unpleasing. And when we have thoroughly mastered that lesson, then the precious Lord will take us to a place where everything that he asks us to do is something we want to do, and everything we want to do is okay. It's just what we'd like to do anyway.
Do you know that a measure of that can be achieved even in this life? Tell me. Let's see. Let me try it out. Is there anybody here tonight, even one person, there was one thing somewhere in your past life that God made plain to you he wanted you to do and you just didn't see how in the world you could do it? You thought it was so difficult or so distasteful or so uncomfortable or something that you didn't see how you could do it but you went ahead and did it anyway for Jesus' sake, and finally you found that it brought joy to you. Is there one person like that? Would you stand? I want to see if there's somebody like that. Well, thank the Lord. All right, you may be seated. I hope the rest of you will try it. And I hope all of us will keep on in that direction, because that's the path of light, dear friends, and that's the path of joy. Oh, it is. I know it is. Thank God. He's led me that way many, many times. Not once, but dozens of times. Scores of times. I can think of experiences that I met when I was a teenager and then in my 20s and later. But I thought, my, this is a hard thing. And it was hard for my natural disposition. But folks, the sweetness of the nut is on the inside, not in the hard shell, I can tell you that. So if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. In volume 4 of the Testimonies, page 317, we find this little statement. Many duties, disagreeable though they may appear, must be performed. Notice the wording. There are many duties that must be performed that appear disagreeable. What does that mean, they appear disagreeable? Well, we look at them when we say, oh my, I wouldn't like that. But all friends, the Apostle Paul reached the point where he longed to share with Jesus, not in the, and only in the power of his resurrection, but in the fellowship of his sufferings. Believe me, when you love somebody enough, you actually want to do the thing that will help them, no matter how disagreeable it might seem to be. Look at a mother watching over her little child that's sick. Does she look at the watch and say, well, ten minutes more and I'll be off duty, and oh, I can hardly wait. <laughs> Does she? Why, no. What's the matter with her? Just one thing. She loves the child. That's all. That's all. You couldn't lure her away with a party or a dance? No. 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 She's where she chooses to be because she loves that child. And when we love Jesus, enough, friend, and love the ones for whom he died. This makes duty a delight and sacrifice a pleasure. Now, if we're not that far up the road, let's move in that direction. What do you say? We'll never get that way, sitting and waiting for something to swoop down and make us altogether different. No, no. Oh, no. This experience is like muscle. It grows by exercise. The more we choose to do the thing that's right for Jesus' sake, the more we learn by experience that, as I say, duty becomes a delight and sacrifice a pleasure. 
Luke, the ninth chapter, and the 23rd verse. What's the sixth word in this verse? What is it? All. All. He said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, do what with yourself? Deny yourself. And take up what? The cross. The cross. And you know what that meant to those people who were listening. They'd seen criminals carrying their cross out to the place of execution. Not long after Jesus said this, he himself was given the cross to carry up the hill. He fainted beneath the load. Again they loaded it on him. Again he fainted. And finally, here came a man in from the country. And as he stopped and expressed his astonishment and compassion, they seized him and said, Simon, you are going to have to take that cross and carry it after Jesus. You know, dear friends, we're told that he was grateful for the privilege. It led him that day to make the decision to accept Christ as his Savior. He'd heard of Jesus. His sons were disciples, but he himself had never made the decision. But that day, thank God, he made the decision. Oh, my friend, is there anybody here tonight that has never fully decided to follow Jesus all the way? to do anything that he wants you to do. Will you take the cross tonight? Jesus, I my cross have taken, all to leave and follow thee. All things else I have forsaken, thou henceforth my all shall be. Perish every fond ambition, all I've sought or hoped or known. Oh, how happy Jesus is to have some people make this decision that his spirit is speaking to. Must Simon bear his cross alone? And all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. Jesus, I, my cross, have taken. Oh, friend. The paradox of it is that to accept the cross, the very thing that you think is difficult, perhaps impossible, is the way to real satisfaction and joy and happiness, not only in eternity, certainly there, but right here in this world. It's the way, it's the way. The purest joy springs from the most complete surrender. Our Lord, we thank Thee this evening that we may kneel before Thee in faith, believing that Thou dost accept us just as we are, thank God. and that the robe of Christ's righteousness covers us for the past and for the present and for the future, and that we're accepted in the Beloved just as if we had not sinned, and bless those who have stood to make a special decision Bless them, Lord, with peace. Help them to know that they're accepted in Jesus. 
Father, we pray that as the light shines upon each of our pathway, that you will help us, Lord, to take that step. Help us to walk with thee. Help us not to heed one another or the way we've lived in the past or what may come in the future, but help us to take that next step. We thank thee for the power that you give us to make it possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear Father, we join together in this earnest prayer, and we know that in heaven, our blessed Lord, thy Son Jesus, lifts his hands and prays for us. And we know that his prayers are heard in behalf of each one. Oh, we thank thee that as we take the cross and bury after Jesus, as we lift the cross, we find that it lifts us. We thank Thee that as we give up ourselves, Thou dost give us Thyself. As we give up our way, Thou dost give us Thy way. And oh, how much better Thy way is than our way. How much sweeter Thy will is than our will. And as we go from this chapel, we go thanking Thee for the love of Jesus which has sought us, for the sweet Spirit of Jesus which has spoken to our hearts, and for the response Thou hast awakened in our souls. And we go out now to share these good things with others. For Jesus' sake, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.